Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Kelly Moore, CJOB Sports Director, about the news out of the Winnipeg Jets today that Blake Wheeler's not the captain anymore. What does he think of that? Plus, Philip DeSantos, head coach and GM of Valor FC, on their big home finale. Last home game of the regular season coming up on Sunday. That's all on the podcast. Big news out of Jetsland as Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler was stripped of the captaincy. Rick Bonus talked about what they're now looking for from his leadership group instead. Just listen, we want our, I've always, since I've got in the coaching, I've always wanted our my players to come to the rink happy to be there, excited to be there, and come to the rink and work hard with a great attitude. And that's what we want to see from all our players. We are so fortunate to have the lifestyle that we have to be in the National Hockey League every day. It's a blessing. And I want, I never want our players to come to the rink. It's just, oh, it's another day. It's another practice. It's another video. It's, I, I never want that. So it's important for us to get to know the players and, and, and create that atmosphere so that we know Okay, this guy needs a little work. We gotta we gotta pump him up a little bit, or this guy we gotta let's calm him down a little bit because he's over exuberant, right? So again, give us the we need training camp, the coaches to sort this all out, and we will to sort this all out. But before they do all that, Kelly Moore, they already knew that they didn't want Blake Wheeler to be the captain anymore. The sports director of CGOB joins us now, and Jets game night host. When you saw this in your email inbox this morning, Kelly, a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you? Uh, the timing, uh, a 10 for surprise. The content of the message, uh, probably about a 5 or a 6 because, uh, Kristen, I th- I, I'm pretty sure on your show, I know on uh, Jets at Noon and certainly on uh, the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jet Pulse game shows down the stretch, You know that was one of the things we talked about was, you know, would there be a discussion, uh, and, and at that time we didn't know they were going to uh, uh, not uh, renew uh, Dave Lowry, uh, but if, you know, Lowry, whether it was Dave Lowry returning or, as it turns out, a new coach, you know, would there be a discussion uh, between uh, the, the coach and the general manager about what needed to be done with respect to the leadership in the dressing room? And then it sounds like there was a conversation and it was pretty well uh, one way. Uh, so, you know, the, the fact that this took place, uh, Christian, not surprised at all. But the timing of it, absolutely. So the timing of it is less than a week before the start of training camp. Is that what you mean by the timing of it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I just kind of think and, and maybe. You know, when you look back now, maybe it's because Rick Bonus wanted to deliver this message face to face, man to man, which would be the way that uh, you know anybody receiving this kind of news would want it delivered. So maybe that's why Rick waited uh, and, until now to do it. But I would have thought uh, that you would have been able to come to this conclusion a lot earlier uh, than, uh, you know, just a few days before the start of training camp, like the first on ice sessions are going to be Thursday. I guess the one thing, Christian, uh, you know, the, obviously, you know, uh, some of the other players, I know Mark Shafley, uh, was at a, uh, players, uh, event, uh, down in Henderson, Nevada, and, uh, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet was able to get a few quotes from him. And, and he said he was shocked. Uh, but you know, so there'll be the follow-up 
uh, here for the first few days of training camp with some of the veteran players, you know, like uh, the the Mark Shifley's, like the Josh Morrissey's and the Connor Hellebuck's, you know, and the Kyle Connors, the guys that have been uh, with Blake Wheeler pretty much ever since he became captain on his 30th birthday. Uh, but then after that, I think it'll it'll settle down and it'll be, uh, you know, focus on what this team is going to look like uh, from what they're able to put together during the six games in the exhibition season. Part of this, Kelly, to me, reads like the this team needed a change. They have a new coaching staff. The roster is basically the same as the one that was very disappointing last year. And this is a way Rick Bonus can come in and, and just change things up right away and show that, that things aren't going to be the way they used to be. Do you view things similarly? Absolutely. And, and the other message I get from this, Christian, is, you know, that uh, the, the coach and I, I don't imagine that, you know, Rick Bonus uh, went to Kevin Day off and said, OK, uh, we're going to change the captain. Uh, without at least having some kind of a discussion uh, with his boss. So uh, I, I think this also kind of puts Chevy's money where his mouth is in terms of, you know, we think we na- need to make internal changes because we think uh, that this roster is good enough. How many, you know, we've heard that a lot from Kevin Chevaldeoff. I believe in these guys. So I think there's also a message there uh, that management believes more can be brought out of this roster, uh, but they're going to have to do it differently than what they have been uh, for the last few years. Now, whether that proves to be successful remains to be seen. But I keep on going back, and uh, you, you always risk sounding like a broken record, but, you know, Christian, a year ago, you and I would have been on this show talking about, uh, you know, how the Winnipeg Jets uh, were uh, certainly looking very much like the second best, like at least a team that was able to compete to be second best in the Central Division behind the Colorado Avalanche with a lineup that is very similar to the one that all of a sudden, uh, you know, we or I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but a year later we think has digressed to the point uh, where uh, uh, it's not going to be, uh, you know, contending for a playoff spot. <sighs> I, I could be the most looking through rose-colored glasses optimistic guy uh, in the Winnipeg market right now, but uh, uh, I think that this this lineup is still good enough to compete for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. I agree with that, and I think right going into the the doldrums of last year as it all faded apart you looked at the new additions and Schmidt and Dylan, how it didn't really make an impact on the blue line as much as they, they hoped it would. Well, is it a matter of, of personnel or is it a system thing? We, we talked about that on the post game show a lot as the season went along last year, the jets and the Kevin shovel day off the front office are banking on it being a system thing. They hired a new coach with a new uh, assistant coaching staff. And they're going to say, okay, well we have trust in the players we're going to try to change this. And if this doesn't work, well, then, I'll, then you know, maybe the nuclear option is where this ends up. But right now they have the trust in the players that, okay, we're going to try to do this with the new staff. And part of that staff now coming in is telling Blake Wheeler that he's not going to be the captain anymore. Do you view I, this as a comp? Oh, you're going to say something, Kelly. Go ahead. No, don't finish your question, though. I was going to say, do you view this as a comment on Blake Wheeler's leadership, or do you view it as just 
making a change to to make a change. Yeah, I I, I think part of each. I I think that uh, that clearly Blake Wheeler's leadership, uh, while you can never ever question the effort and the caring that man puts into his craft. I will argue till the cows come home uh, about that. I mean, he he keeps himself in remarkable uh, physical shape. Uh, he is still a very good NHL player, uh, just having celebrated his 36th birthday. But I just think that there was something missing. You know, Rick Bonus said that himself, you know, when he was hired. You know, something was askew with this team. And while they did miss the playoffs, Christian, it was by an eight-point margin. And so, uh, to me, the, the, the most alarming thing about this hockey club last year was how poorly and how non-emotionally they played in four games in particular, that if they had won, they would have been right there in the thick of the playoff battle. And, you know, you go back to that late November game against Arizona. You go back to that uh, mid-December game against Buffalo, the last one uh, that Paul Maurice coached. And then when they laid an egg against Chicago, uh, and worse yet, against a Detroit team that had only won once on the road uh, in the Western Conference, I believe, uh, when they defeated the Jets at Canada Life Center in April. You win those four games that you're supposed to win, and you're tied with Nashville for the final playoff spot in the NHL Central. So while you know this team did not have a good year, and while this team was disappointing, I'm not sure the line is as wide as, as maybe uh, you know we thought it was in the in the heat of the battle, when you get a chance to look back and say, you know, that if they had played like they were supposed to, and so to me, when in those games in particular, when there isn't that something to get you over the hump in those games, then then that's where I think you need to change the direction of the leadership of the hockey club. In your mind, who are candidates to be part of this assistant crew? Well, you know, the obvious ones uh, would be Josh Morrissey. Uh, I, I personally think that he could probably be the captain of this hockey club eventually when Rick Bonus decides to get around to uh, deciding whether, you know, you need to see. And, and just to, you know, I, I know there's, uh, again, the, part of the narrative in some quarters is, well, how can you operate uh, through a season without a captain? Um there was a team that went all the way to the Eastern Conference final last year without anybody wearing a C. Uh, but uh, anyway, I digress. Josh Morrissey, uh, a guy when you and I were on with Rich and Skyler earlier today, definitely Adam Lowry is a guy I've always felt uh, has been uh, uh, the, the heartbeat and the conscious of this hockey club with the way that he plays and the job that he does and a great teammate that he is. Uh, I would think Kyle Connor is a guy. Uh, that you definitely would uh, look at being ready now uh, to assume a bigger voice and to take a bigger profile with this hockey club. And I know uh, that there are some that would disagree. I'm not sure where you are in that camp or not, uh, uh, Christian O'Mell, but uh, I think Brendan Dillon is a guy that if you are looking to establish a culture, uh, if you're looking to establish uh, the type of steady leadership and maturity that you want in a dressing room, 
boy, for my money now, I don't travel with the team, but I'm around them a lot uh, at practice and uh, and when they're at home. And uh, Brendan Dillon is another guy that I would uh, include in that conversation. I have not mentioned Mark Shifley because I think, like Blake Wheeler, you know, he's been part of that leadership group for a lot of years, and and I just think that's a that's a direction that needs to be changed. Just let Mark and Blake go out and play. I agree with that. I think uh, those two have kind of been linked together as part of the the disappointment of the last few years, and I don't have any qualms with with anything you, you've said there. So, darn uh, it, we saw. I was hoping we could have a good old rip roaring argument. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kelly, to disappoint you. We saw a couple <laughs> years ago, well, not not a couple years ago. It's like eight years ago now, when Joe Thornton was stripped of the captaincy in San Jose. Patrick Marlowe lost the A on his sweater. It was yeah. not that season, but it was the season after that. They made the Stanley Cup final and lost in mm-hmm. six to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So this can work. We've seen it before. Yeah, and, and you know, Dustin Brown went on to play very well for the Los Angeles Kings uh, when they transitioned to Andre Kopitar as the captain uh, there as well. Uh, sometimes you just need to, to, to change things. Uh, and, and that was kind of Rick Bonus's message today. I know, you know, it would make for a great sexy story if there was already early friction between the coach and the one of the veteran leaders of the hockey club. I, I don't know that there is that. I mean, Blake did admit he was shocked when he found out he wasn't expecting it. Um, that part of it, Christian, I, I, I don't know how he could not have at least seen where that might happen and that's again where i think the timing is a is a little bit uh, uh surprising this late in the year uh i don't think a guy expects to be coming to training camp and, and losing a c i i'm thinking that it would you know that it would have happened earlier in the summer perhaps when there were uh some uh, uh talks uh, that, that might have involved him in some trades but yeah i i don't see this as being a bad thing for the winnipeg jets i don't because one of the things for in what I just described last year with the inconsistency of the hockey club. And to me, inconsistency is a sign that your leadership is not getting the message through, whether that's from behind the bench or whether that's from the guys who have the biggest voices in the dressing room. I'll let you go on this, Kelly. What was Blake Wheeler's body language like today talking to the media? Re- really good. Really comfortable. Uh, you know, it almost seemed like the uh, proverbial 96 pound gorilla had been lifted off of his shoulders. Is he PO'd? Absolutely. He is. Uh, but, uh, you know, he chose to take the high road on this and it would be, it would be interesting. And Blake Wheeler is, is, is nobody else's person. Blake Wheeler is, uh, for Blake Wheeler, uh, it went in terms of being himself, uh, and, and so when he said that he was grateful to have been able to serve as a captain for a National Hockey League team, and especially in a Canadian market, I think you take that at face value. Uh, is he hurt? How could you not be? Uh, but I think, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes the most effective players are the ones that uh, that show up with the chip on their shoulder. Uh, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, if uh, there is a, a a positive out of this, singularly for Blake Wheeler. But I think it's far more important, Christian, uh, that uh, for the entire team uh, that uh, it moves the needle back in the right direction. Absolutely. Kelly, appreciate your time on this. Thank you very much. Thanks for the audio today. And we'll uh, obviously be talking to you a lot over the next, what, eight months or so. 
Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we're not that far away from uh, the, the first on-ice session of main camp. It should be one of the most interesting training camps since the Winnipeg Jets relocated from Atlanta. Absolutely. That's Kelly Moore, CJOB Sports Director and game day host of our Jets coverage here on CJOB. Turn our attention to Sunday afternoon when Valor FC will be hosting Atletico Ottawa in the final home game of the regular season. It's a huge match for them as it's one of only four matches they have left on their schedule. They're right now tied with Pacific for the fourth and final playoff spot and Pacific has a game in hand. And here to preview the action is the head coach and GM of Valor FC, Philip DeSantos. And Philip, final home match of the season. Has it felt like the season's just flown by for you? Man, so fast. So fast. It's incredible. Uh, we hope it's not the last home uh, match. We hope it's the last one of the regular season. But that we'll be able to give uh, our fans um, uh, a playoff game or two. Uh, that's our desire. Uh, but when we look back, it looked like we were in, in Victoria undergoing preseason and playing those preseason matches. It's incredible how it flies. Five wins and a draw in your last six matches at IG Field. Do you really feel like the team has developed a home pitch advantage here? Yes, 100%. I think that uh, I think that we like to play here. You know, we started the season not as hot at home. Um, but it's been good for us right now. And, you know, you build momentum. I, I think the field suits us uh, the way we like to exploit width and 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 have uh, wide players touching the lines and always having a chance to use them to get out of pressure. I think that it suited us. And, and we have players that like to play into open spaces. So it's been good for us. But again, you know, we feel the warmth of our fans. We feel... We feel that um, that we always have that extra support, and um, it's been good for us. So it builds confidence, and we're excited to have the chance to solidify this this playoff uh, spot uh, at home and in a game that's going to be a difficult one. Ottawa right now, as I mentioned, in first place in the Premier League at 41 points. Now you did have a 6-1 win over Ottawa. That was back in April. Things have gone a little bit trickier since then. A one-nil loss on June 1st, and then uh, more recently, a one-all draw in Ottawa. Uh, what kind of challenge do they pose this weekend? So it's a team that um, defends defends very well as a unit. It's a team that has built an identity um, where, where they allow the opposition to somehow have a uh, territorial control or on the ball and um but uh, until um, we get to their defensive half then they lock the space very well they close the space as well they try to control those spaces with numbers and um we just have to be we have to be fast with the ball we have to move it fast we need players to attack spaces and open up spaces for their teammates with with, with, with runs and try to threaten th th those spaces in behind them uh, because they they accept to somehow um, give a certain control to the opposition and then they're very pragmatic in transition. So I think it's a team that's been solid and, and has developed that identity um, throughout the year. Now we need to be good on the ball. We can't give it away in, in uh, areas where... 
we could be penalized on transition moments um and we need to uh we need to to stay very balanced when we do have the ball make sure that we uh, our positional game is very good and you know play fast play aggressive that's what i think we'll need to do in order to succeed against them can you explain how you scored six goals in a match against them different game it was a very open game right it's third game of the season sometimes uh teams are still trying to find them that they're themselves inside the game model it's a game where again i said i said it multiple times we everything went very well for us and nothing went well for them so it's a game that i don't take as a reference not now and i never really did um i, I always alerted everyone to be very careful with uh with that 6-1 because you know Ottawa had played two very solid games until they had played us and it was just uh, a game where we we capitalized on pretty much every chance that we had and uh, once you're 2-3 nothing and they open up it pulls them out of what they were trying to build and i think uh even this year when they they go behind in the score and they have to now open up a bit more that's when uh, teams have succeeded against them. So your last match was a 1-0 loss in Halifax on Saturday, a tough loss against a team that's right now not in the playoff picture. Do you feel like not getting at least a draw there hurts your playoff chances? How do you view that one? No, I don't think so. I think that it would have been good uh, um, an additional point or three to solidify our run for sure and to maybe allow us to get there uh faster but now the the truth is that right uh, pacific got a point out of their uh their match so um we're we're still in that fourth spot it's it a lot is gonna be played with with the last four games and not with what's behind so we have to um to to just and and uh, we have to know we already did we we watched what went wrong in that game we we spoke about it but very quickly we started to look at what's coming ahead and that's the most important thing for us at this point in the season are you checking the scoreboard a lot to see how the teams around you in the playoff hunt are doing yeah of course i would lie if i say no at that at this point you do it because um because um it's a natural instinct if you win you do it to see uh, if you're getting the margin uh, that will allow you to to secure the playoff spot, spot quicker, um, if you lose, you're hoping the opposition and direct rivals don't win either. So it's a normal uh, a normal thing to do. I think that when you do it too early, it, you know it's unnecessary pressures. Uh, but at this point in time, we will do it both ways because even if we win our matches, we're attentive to what's happening in the other games um, to know what's, uh, what, you know, how fast can we secure this playoff spot. And, and it's important to, um, it's important in, in, in decisions that we need to make. It's, uh, you know, it allows us to rest guys versus not doing it. It allows us to, um, to maybe, uh, change an approach to a certain game. I think it's going to be to the wire. That's my belief. But again, our intention is, can we secure this as fast as possible? 
So when Forge plays Pacific right after you get off the pitch on Sunday, Forge right now three points ahead and Pacific tied with you with a match in hand, though you do have the tiebreaker and goal differential. Are you rooting hard for Forge? It depends, Christian. <laughs> it depends. I think that if I get, uh, if we get extremely close to Forge, uh, do I believe that, you know, we could get ahead of them? Um, of course it's in my heart, but right now it's, it, it, you know, if, 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 if we do, we don't get the three points, are we going to be looking at, you know, can Pacific not get anything out of that game? Those are natural mathematics that are done. Uh, now, of course, the quicker we keep a team behind us and the faster they, you know, that gap is, is created, the better it is for us. So, um, so I would, I would think, you know, go, we do our job, uh, let, let Pacific stay behind us. And the way that happens is, is with a, a win, a win from, uh, from Forge. Now I don't want to go that far because then it drives us crazy. We right. already have to focus on our game, right? So, you know, we go one game at a time and then we look at what's the best result for us out of the other games. At the end of the day, if we do our part right now, if we do our part, we'll be in the playoff. That's right. It's a good way of looking at it. Finally, when you're looking at this final home match of the regular season, at the very least, do you have to stop and at some point just like soak it in your first full season in charge of this team, what that environment, what this whole experience has been like? I've had the time to do it progressively. You know, we, in, in days off, sometimes at night, it's it, it's been so fast. Uh, and we were talking about it as a staff. Uh, I arrived last year more or less at this time, and there were still 10 games left. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was around the 20th of September. And now we're uh, we're fast forwarding one year, and uh, there's four games left, and we are inside the playoff spot. So, um, you know, we believe that a lot of good things were done in the last year. Um, now we need to protect that progress, and we need to make sure that this is a constant for this club, where we'll always be above that playoff uh, playoff line, and we'll be a team with an above the line mentality. And this is what we want to do. So um, you reflect on it, but I think that at the end we'll do we'll do a uh, because none of that matters if we're you know if we're still a point or two out of the playoff spot in that fifth place because that's exactly where we were last year. Well, Philip, I appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and best of luck on Sunday. Thanks, Christian. Have a good one. Philip DeSantos, head coach, GM of Valor FC. That match Sunday is at 3 p.m., gates open at 2, and then they're in York, September 23rd, Calgary, October 2nd, and Edmonton, October 8th. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come.